I'm Ann Police. And I'm Denise Cooper. And you're listening to Two, Two Average, Average Girls. Girls. Today we have a very special guest, Jacqueline Cooper. Hello. Hi, Jack. How are you? I'm great. I'm happy to be here. Thanks We're for so having me. We're so happy to have you. So now, fun. Jacqueline is well known by the people in this room, but more so <laughs> by Denise. Denise, give us a little intro. Well, you know, this human that I'm looking at right now <laughs> and that's going to be talking to us is one of my favorite humans. One of the reasons is because I birthed her. <laughs> <laughs> and she was my smallest child, so that oh. was always a good thing. Thanks, Jack. Yeah. Good job. Welcome. Always been looking out for you. Jacqueline <laughs> goes by Jack. Uh, growing up, she went by Jack, mm-hmm. and now she goes by Jax. Yeah, as of deemed by my Colorado friends. Yes, Jacqueline, Jacqueline's here from Colorado <laughs> visiting, and so we thought we would talk to her a little bit. Um, Jacqueline's fascinating in a lot of ways. She's super talented. She is a great artist. She has talents beyond measure. She sings beautifully. She can play instruments just by listening. Mm-hmm. Um, she's done a lot. Um, she moved away from me for a while, about three years ago. So it makes it hard. I don't get to see her as much as I want to, but she's here. And so I wanted to talk to Jacqueline because Jacqueline, for the last seven or so years, has dealt with anxiety and depression. Mm-hmm. But her journey is is probably not unique, but it's unique to us because we've never we had never gone through anything like this. Anne has known us for going through this journey as well. Yeah. Um, and it was a process to get here. And I think now Jacqueline is old enough to be able to self-analyze and look back and really talk about her journey and what it looked like. So, you know, just before we start, I wanted to kind of get an idea because all I know is the girls that I've dealt with and my own daughter and anxiety. But I wanted to kind of get an idea. And so I just, you know, let my fingers do the Googling. And, you know, because whenever there's a problem, you got to go on Google. You go on Google right. because Google, um, hey, Google, Google, oh, it has all the answers, first of all. And they're always <laughs> correct. That's correct. It's fact-based. Whatever you read on the internet is true. Did you know that? It I, is. I heard that. I heard <laughs> well, that. Well, that's good. And thank goodness. Well, <laughs> according to according to Anxiety and Depression Association of America, oh, there's actually an association good. for anxiety and depression. Finally, man. Good. Which is good to know. Um, anxiety disorders are the most common mental illness in the United States, mm. affecting 40 million adults in the United States, ages 18 or older, or 18% of the U.S. population. <sighs> That's a big number. It, That's it, a big number for me. It really is a big number. And the other thing... And that, so that's just anxiety disorders? Dis- just anxi- anxiety. And those those anxiety says anxiety disorders are very treatable, highly treatable is what they refer to them as. But only 36.9% of those suffering from those anxiety disorders actually get help. I mean, yeah, it makes it makes sense to me because it is really hard when you're in that um, 
kind of realm of anxiety because a lot of people anxiety can happen from a ton of different things right you could have you know a certain trauma that gives you anxiety like whether it's ptsd stuff like that there's ocd um lots of different types of things but um a lot of the time it is an it's a symptom of you know depression clinical depression and in my case that's the case and so when you're in that kind of state of depression or anxiety it's really hard to feel like you can go get help it's almost too scary and too intimidating or overwhelming to even do that because it's sometimes too hard to get out of bed and go to work and it's it's that just seems too overwhelming so that doesn't surprise me too much um and I've gone off and on like my mom said for the last seven years off and on you know seeing somebody and getting it treated and I let it go um a couple times and so I can see where it does happen, but yeah, that's a low number. It really is. It really is. So your mom was saying that seven years that you've sort of been dealing with it off and on. Is that is that accurate? Has it been seven years? Yeah, around that because... Did it start in high school then? Yeah, it okay. started around, um, yeah, probably about 16. I mean, I think I've always had it and I didn't know it. Was there a big moment like when you were 16 that you could go back to that you're like, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> that, oh that yeah. Wasn't right. <laughs> yep. My mom and I were just um, thinking about this before trying to figure out kind of the whole timeline of it, everything. And it all kind of came to a head when I um, fell sick in high school, my freshman year of high school, um, about February, which my mom says <laughs> she remembers very distinctly. It's all kind of a blur to me. Um, or I blurted out myself. Right, right. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, I started having chronic vertigo and we couldn't figure out why. And so I went from being, um, you know, honor roll student, you know, going to seminary in the morning, taking seven periods of classes, going and playing two sports, singing in choir, to literally not being able to show up for school to, for weeks at a time. Um, so I felt like I had lost everything that I had because that's what I had. All my friends, all my sports, all my activities kind of fell by, had to fall by the wayside because we were obviously very focused on finding out what the vertigo, why it was happening, what it was from, which... It literally, it was like one day she, I woke, went to go wake her up in the morning and she said, I don't feel good. I feel like I'm going to throw up. I feel like the, my, my world is spinning and she slept for days and literally I thought she had mono right so I took her to the doctors the first time which was a pediatrician still because she's like 15 14 or 15 years old and they tested her for everything she had no fever she had nothing so they thought maybe she had an inner ear infection Mm -hmm. and she would try to get out of bed and she would literally throw up from being so sick that went from days to weeks and yeah. from weeks to months. Yeah. The entire time, <laughs> the frustrating thing for us and especially for her was she was trying to make herself function and she couldn't. And the school was completely not helpful. <laughs> I mean, Great. yeah, what it was really, really frustrating because they believed or they had made it sound like we were faking it some way right because she would try to go to school for a couple days at a time and then all of a sudden it would come back and hit her or she just function just to get through 
and um that you know high school is so traumatic anyway with <laughs> the hormones and all the friends and the drama the, and the breakups and I the can't, and the yeah i can't yeah. imagine you must have been kind of out of your mind that that must have impacted the anxiety on top oh, of it yeah it definitely brought like i said it to a head mm-hmm. um like i remember um not to veer too far off track but i remember being in elementary school and like being sent to you know the nurse's office because i would be hyperventilating over something that i didn't know at that time it was saying it was anxiety like none of us would have thought that no. and of course being in elementary school it's like you're, you're just a little overreacting yeah, yeah. you don't know your emotions yet but i remember like now looking back i remember it you know being there pretty much the whole time but this definitely yeah brought it up um to a head and i would say also threw me into a pretty really really bad depression sure. um and so that like i said is you know can be a really severe symptom of a depression and so that all kind of came forth altogether. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, I mean, it brings up a good point because at the time we did not know it was anxiety. So yeah. you were taking Jacqueline to just regular MDs. You started with the, the, the first doctor, the pediatrician, and then sort of went from specialist to specialist looking oh, for a physical yeah. problem. Yeah. I mean, we thought it for sure. There's something wrong. I mean, every, everything that we did. And, and let's just go back a little bit. I think that one of the reasons I wanted Jacqueline to talk about this is because I know for a fact there are a lot of kids that have been suffering with anxiety, but they're, it's manifest in a way that nobody is diagnosing it. Mm-hmm. Because, and I know this, not because I'm a doctor. Although, <laughs> Wait, what? Wait. I know, it's hard. <laughs> Why is she even here? <laughs> I mean, listen, I, I watch a lot of VR. <laughs> so that does, and I Google a lot. I watch a lot of Dr. Phil. Dr. Phil is my guy. <laughs> so, I mean, I know a lot about this. No. Um, I, but I, I can tell you that when we, she was in high school, and listen, I was looking for anything I could find that would make her feel better. And so I would reach out to everybody. And when people knew that Jacqueline was struggling, they would say, hey, did you try this? Or did you talk to so-and-so? And what I found was there were at least six or seven girls that were not in just in her circle of friends, but were at the high school that were suffering from random weird things mm-hmm. like chronic physical illnesses yes we thought oh they have you know some sort of autoimmune disorder right there or, must be something in the water yeah and i, and I kept thinking <laughs> i, I like, kept don't thinking, drink it i'm like something there's paint like there's lead in the paint yeah there's something there's asbestos going on sewage. <laughs> there's a sewage leak there is something wrong at that school that has to be doing this to these girls i even sat i remember sitting at a person's house talking to them about their daughter who had these things i can tell you there was a commonality between some of these these girls that i i all of the girls that i knew of they were type a or at least had type a mothers ah <laughs> Do you, now I'm not going to, I'm not going to put DD on the spot, <laughs> but Jack, do you consider yourself a type A personality? Um, I never did, no, no. because I never. I, I think that she was, I mean, I, listen, yeah. this was a girl who <laughs> begged for a violin mm-hmm. when she was like four and a half years old, mm-hmm. begged because mm-hmm. a friend of hers had one. When she practiced her piano or her, anything she did, she wanted perfection. Mm. I used to have to tell you there's no such thing as 
Perfection. <laughs> There's no such thing as perfection because I saw her. I mean, listen, I used to tell my boys <laughs> when the report cards came out, yeah. B is bad. Oh. A is awesome. <laughs> C is cannot bring that home. <laughs> D is don't even think about it. <laughs> F is you're Find in. Find another house. <laughs> Find another house. I mean, like. F really stands for something we would have to censor out. <laughs> so. I know that when Jacqueline got to be in school, if she brought home a spelling test and she had one wrong, yeah. she would be focused on that one thing that was wrong. Yeah. And I realized that I would have to say, Jacqueline, it's okay. You don't have mm -hmm. to be perfect. Mm -hmm. There's no such thing as perfection. Well, but it sounds though, Jack, and you're saying from the time you're in elementary school, you remembered <laughs> having like, oh, I can't believe it. So it, this, yeah. this wasn't caused by... A singular event that's yeah. what it brought it to the surface no, like you said i literally like faked being so sick like i faked one time when i was in middle school because i forgot my binder reminder and if you forget your binder reminder you would get like a recessed attention because those were like really important i don't even know why they were so important but right. they were they like yes. were they're like nothing they're nothing it's like yeah but they made you have them because that's where they kept track of all your work blah 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 i remember being in home economics and I realized I left my binder reminder in my locker room, or in my locker room, in my mm -hmm. locker. And um, I faked that I was about to throw up and I ran out of the classroom. And so she let me go to the nurse's office and on my way back, I grabbed my binder reminder mm -hmm. and brought it back to class because I had literally started hyperventilating in class over this stupid binder because, not because of that, I just didn't want to get in trouble. Right. Like the anxiety behind like it not, like getting a detention or doing the right thing. Oh my god. Or being perfect. Yeah. So, you know, I just resorted to lying and <laughs> got and out of there. It. <laughs> I was a good actress. Did you <laughs> <laughs> Did you get through high school without ever really having a diagnosis? Is that what happened? Yeah, no. So, my mom and I literally, I mean, and it's part of what I think um shaped our relationship, which if you know, if you don't know, my mom and I we are very close yeah. um, and we have been basically my whole entire life except for you know sometimes when we were we spent so many years you know traveling from place to place she was taking me down to San Diego to see a specialist every Monday for like I don't even know how long was that like we used to go two to three days a week because we thought TMJ was causing her and her vertigo. Yeah. Oh. And because she, she did have TMJ. I did, yeah, I did have and it. And the TMJ actually helped her vertigo a little bit. And I think, again, knowing what we know now, that TMJ, she was grinding her teeth at night oh. or grinding her teeth when she was awake because of her anxiety. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. Like I was <laughs> out at my poor dentist. He would have to rebuild my teeth up, like my back teeth up like so many times. Mm. This was kind of the beginning of mental illness being talked about for the first time. Yeah. Which is why like at the beginning when you said they have an organization and everything, it's like, well, yeah, finally, like right. this should have been around decades. decades. I, did, yes. I also yeah. Googled that just as a FYI and anxiety disorder has been around since 1980. That's that when was it was part, first diagnosed. As... Well, that was when it was first recognized in the DSM-3. At the time there was a dsm three version and they had anxiety disorders in there i mean even though it was it was recognized average people and you don't talk and, you and don't teenagers specifically mm -hmm. are not having that conversation no so let's get back to the, the journey so we went to 
specialist after specialist after specialist Mm -hmm. looking for an answer. Yeah, I don't think we kept the binder, but we had it. Did you keep the binder? Um, I thought you would have like burned it or something. <laughs> it was a, it's a reminder. It's a, it's a blessing and a curse. It's I like felt a like. two inch thick binder mm-hmm. of just filled with every time we would go, she, you know, a new tab would happen. Um, I literally took you to endocrinology, to mm-hmm. neurologists, mm-hmm. to specialized dentists for TMJ, ENT. psychiatrist, ENTs. She they did all kinds of, because I for sure thought that she had a physical problem. I mean, this is sad. I was a little, I wasn't sad, but I was disappointed every time we wouldn't get a diagnosis. And what I found also for those that are listening and that you're looking for the answers for illnesses that could be, you might find the answer. But what I found was that when you went to a specialist, they only understood their specialty. Yeah, they and all they think would, they're right. They would all diagnose you a certain way. Yeah. And we would start treating her with that specialty's recommendations. So mm-hmm. it might be special meds. It could be special exercise. It might be special meditation. It could be whatever. Oh, the worst th- was a diet I had to go on. Remember yeah. that? I left she that. Was, she, was di- <laughs> she, she was diagnosed with pre-diabetes oh no because her blood levels at the time seemed like and then i took it to her regular pediatrician and he's like absolutely not she doesn't but that was after we'd already tried it and and looking back and what i can say i learned was you got to give certain things time i was not patient no i was nor was i i mean i was over it i was ready to find an answer well Mm -hmm. she had gone through all of these things and she didn't have any friends anymore right right nobody came to visit her yeah. Very, very few. None of her friends, even on, in, in the neighborhood, were stopping by to say, hey, are you okay? It wasn't like she was contagious with anything, but they didn't have time. And, and in their defense, they were teenagers, yeah. Yeah. completely self-absorbed. Right. It wasn't the time for them to be thinking outside of themselves, right. especially with somebody who every time they're around her, she some days she seems fine and then other days she doesn't so i think they all thought she was faking it or yeah something's weird with her you know yep. they just didn't People understand would talk it. about that at school well they wouldn't talk about it like to me or in front of me or anything but i would hear he you hear when you go to high school you know hear everything right. but um yeah a lot of people would not a lot but a few people would um say that you know it was all in my head or that i was doing it for attention right. or i was faking it um, or that I was just being lazy, yeah. everything. And so that was a little bit frustrating, but I mean, I, I didn't have, have time to entertain that, honestly. Real, it must have, though, so compounded the depression. I mean, it's yeah. kind of, it's pretty It sad. didn't help. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'm a very social person. Right. I get, I definitely gain my um, energy and social energy and my, get my dopamine from, you know, socializing with other people for sure. And so to have that taken away, um, and just basically be stuck at home um, at that age. Yeah. Like, I'm like, because I was thinking about, like, the kids that had to quarantine, like, in high school with their parents and, like, not go to school. I'm like, I feel you. <laughs> yeah. But that was only two weeks. You went. I yeah, mean- I was able, obviously, it's not the same thing. But, yeah, it was, it was definitely, definitely part of um, what brought this, brought my depression up as a real thing like a real tangible thing that was happening in my life Mm -hmm. a pivotal time for me as a mother happened um, a good friend of ours had a very good child psychiatrist 
And I've never been a, a person that wanted my kids on any kind of medication unless it was really, really necessary. And so um, I was really hesitant to go to this, this psychiatrist. And I, we did. And I, I really did like him. And I thought he was really good for Jacqueline. And about three or four sessions in, he called us in together and he told me something that just made me, I mean, I remember, I cussed him out actually. <laughs> I don't even yeah. remember. I was super angry because what he told me was, and I, I had told him all about uh, every time I would go visit him, like, well, we went to this doctor, we went to this doctor, we tried this, we put her on this thing. One of the other side effects for Jacqueline was she wasn't sleeping. Yeah, right. I mean, she had this weird, she'd sleep sometimes, but and she'd oversleep and then she would be like, up for two or three days at a time because she couldn't sleep. <laughs> mm -hmm. So she had this insomnia problem. So we were trying all these things and I would tell him each time and he finally said, you need to stop taking her to the doctor. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to stop taking her to the doctor until we find out what's wrong. Right. And he said, and I, we had been doing this for about eight, seven or eight months at least. And he said, you're not going to, if you haven't found the cure yet, you're not going to find one. It's so upsetting when he you know, said, because you want to know what you're dealing with. Just tell me what it doesn't yeah, matter what it is. Just tell me what it is just and what I is. can do. I'll take a pill. And, we'll be done. Yeah. yeah. I'll take a pill. Go on whatever diet. <laughs> right. I'll do whatever weird exercises. Enemas for everyone. Let's do Let's it. Let's do this. Coffee <laughs> enemas for days. That's right. I'm about it. It didn't matter. And when he said that, I, I literally looked at him and I said, I'm not effing doing that. Uh -huh. <laughs> I'm not stopping this Mama until bear. I find the answer to these questions that we have. She cannot sit in her bed. She cannot be without a friend. She cannot be not going to school because we had in, taken her out of school at this point because school wasn't working for us. They didn't want her doing homeschooling and she couldn't go come and go like, you know, half time or whatever. Mm -hmm. So we had to do it on our own. And um, he said, I'm just telling you, you are not going to probably find this answer. Did he give you a follow-up? Like, she's not physically ill, but let me tell you what I think as a, as a psychiatrist. I mean, one of the questions to him was, is there any reason that she is, this could be happening? Like, has she had some kind of trauma that I don't know of? I mean, mm -hmm. I was worried you had been I know. raped. They asked or, me so many times. <laughs> or yeah. some kind of sexually, you know, something happened to you sexually that yeah. you were, tr you know, just keeping within. Yeah. And, um, you know, that was hard because... You never know. Yeah, yeah. And you can't rule that out, yeah, obviously. Right. Fortunately, and, no. Yes. Yeah. Um, Just clear that up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so when, when he told me that, I was so angry and I left there crying. And I left there myself now. I'm in a depression. And it took me some time to calm down. And once I did calm down, I realized he's probably right. Mm. Yeah. And what he did say, too, was... Um, I mean, I don't know if this was the exact same conversation, but the same guy, he had said to me, at least, you know, we're going to learn instead of trying to keep digging at this and find the answer and wearing your guys self out, we're going to learn how to cope with this. Oh. Um, because, you know, we had kind of dialed it down to it definitely, it was affected by my hormones for sure. Like, which didn't really, I don't think present itself at first so much, um, but kind of after a few years. Mm -hmm. Definitely found that as a correlation, um, which also really, if people have depression or anxiety, they know that during that time of the month, it is 
magnified by like tenfold. It is so not fun. Right. <laughs> so that's hard. Um, but yeah, it was it was mostly just now learning. Like we're gonna learn how to cope with this and how to deal with this instead of just beating the dead horse. Right. So we went through all of, she went back to school, tried to start high school again, and couldn't. And Was so, this like senior year? Or where, I went that? back every year except oh. for my senior year. I finally didn't go back my senior year, but I tried every single year to go back. Um, and Because she was in madrigals and she loved to sing and yeah. they have a great music program there. Yeah. And Miss Dane which was the music teacher there. And all my best friends were in they my were, choir. That was mm-hmm. her life. She wanted to do it, <clears throat> but it couldn't happen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we even asked, is there any way she could at least just sing? Yeah. In which the they did let me. They did let they did the let her go and do some touring. And Miss Dane was great about that. And she was able to. But even when she went on those experiences, she had to stay in my room with me mm-hmm. because she was not feeling well. Mm-hmm. And... um. And we also noticed, and we didn't realize any of this until now we're looking back and we, and she's still dealing with this as a 26 year old adult, seven years later, we didn't realize some of the other things that were happening during that time we had traveled to Europe Mm -hmm. and we had gone on some pretty major vacations as a family. And every time Jacqueline would travel, she would get extra sick for the first three or four days. And like sick is like. We called them like episodes, but it's just basically vertigo. Like if you've ever had the spins mm-hmm. from drinking too much, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> right. <laughs> but if you don't, it's just basically your wall, the walls around you are spinning. Right. Um, and so that would be like happen every time I would get off a plane. Um, and which is why originally we like thought maybe it could be in my inner ear. Right. Um, which I do have. I mean, I got a lot of issues, but I didn't. <laughs> she gets car sick. Yeah. Uh, yeah, She's really I, susceptible to getting yeah. car sick. Motion sick. Motion is not my friend. Well, okay. So you're talking about traveling and every time you traveled, you uh, you get sick. Yeah. I'm wondering like in the ramp up to going on vacation where you're packing your bags or whatever, did you feel anxiety? Were you anxious? Were you feeling like, oh, I don't want to do this. I don't want to leave home. No. I don't want to pack. I never felt that way. I don't think. I, I think she's always had a she's an adventurous spirit yeah and so i think looking back on it though i believe that's probably what happened Mm -hmm. and she didn't know it right and and i say that because there was also times when well let's let's fast forward to just the most recent kind of experiences you've been having yeah so basically thank goodness um it was around when i like kind of graduated and um 18 19 my like episodes the vertigo started to diminish Mm. like almost within like a year it was gone all of a sudden and it was like going from having it every day and it would be you know a few weeks at a time sometimes like my mom said to like maybe once a month and then it's gone i really haven't had an episode since then ever of vertigo at all oh my gosh um however i (laughs) still My body is so nice to me and decided to, you know, just bring me something else instead. <laughs> it replaced the vertigo with yeah. something even better. We upgraded. Yeah. Um, yeah. So within the last um, few years, I've been through some crazy stuff. I, like my mom said, I moved away um, for the first time. Um, That's bold. I mean, I know you're talking about anxiety and depression and, and it was crippling for you in high yeah. school, but 
you moved out of the state out of everything that you knew that's bold yeah well i always i always wanted to go like I, and not that i don't love well love. let's tell them why you went well i will trust me i will <laughs> don't worry <laughs> don't you worry everybody You're got you hear- girl okay good okay but um yeah i had always wanted to i i've always dreamed of this life of ha- living on a farm having land mm. um ever since i was little my dad built me a mini farm in our backyard yeah. i had a horse i would drive my horse through the drive-thru like i would, would take her to get tacos with me no. in the middle of suburban orange county love her um so anyways i always knew that i was gonna eventually yeah hopefully branch out right um but i was with a guy as in i was married to him mm-hmm. <laughs> she got married at 20 super with him 22 years old i was 21 i think 21 yeah Okay. Um, I just wanted to be able to toast at my own wedding with some champagne. I was like, I have to wait. Twenty one at least. Come on. Um, but anyways, yeah. So we we got married and um, lived here for a couple years. Moved with my parents, saved up some money, and then um, he wanted to go to school out there. And I was like, perfect. This is my time to go. Um, he's gonna go to school. You know, we have the GI bill. It's gonna get paid for. Well, our housing and schooling and everything. This Mm -hmm. is great. Perfect time for me to try this out. Right. So we went out there. Um, You were doing hair at the time. You had just finished your program. Yes. I just had finished my rotation um, at the salon I was working at, which was Images. Images in CDM. Shout out. Shout out. Love it. What up, Jay Dizzle? Um, (laughs) You need your hair done. Jay Dizzle is your girl. <laughs> she is. Um, so anyways, yeah, I just finished up that um, my husband at the time had moved um, to Colorado the month prior, um, and I came up after mm-hmm. after my rotation was done. <laughs> oh, boy. What a what a fine introduction I had to Colorado. <laughs> Meaning? Meaning? What does that mean? My best friend drove with me. My best friend at the time mm-hmm. um, drove up there with me. Mm-hmm. And we, well, first of all, we hit a crazy snowstorm. No. And I didn't have chains on because yeah. I, I didn't Two know what gr- chains Southern were. California <laughs> girls driving for the first time in snow. What no. could go wrong? I was like, no. what do you mean? Like chain links? I don't understand. <laughs> yes. I get it. <laughs> um, And I didn't, <laughs> I didn't put, um, what's it called? Antifreeze. Antifreeze washer fluid in my... <laughs> So it was frozen. So my pump was frozen. So our bright idea was to grab our water bottles and to pour them over <laughs> the windshield. You don't didn't do break that. the windshield, did you? Um, no, thankful. Oh. I don't know how we didn't. Right? Anybody out there from Orange County traveling to a cold place, don't do that. No. What it does is just puts a big sheet of ice on your windshield. No, my dad is looking down from heaven right now with a very stern look on his face. <laughs> And her father's going to listen to this and think, what a failure. I need to teach my no, daughter so, the right Yeah, thing. my poor dad. He was like on because he had been following me on this app where he, so he could make sure I was driving, yeah. you know, get it being there safe and everything. And um, so he had to follow me because I could, literally couldn't see out of my windshield. And so he had to direct me off of the freeway. And it was so covered in snow that I went right over a roundabout, oh, right off the freeway. Oh. <laughs> my car's fine, everybody. Oh, okay, good. Um, and yeah, so that was like... We were supposed to get there that night. Didn't get there. Whatever. So we show up the next day. Mm-hmm. I put chains on. Well, I didn't. I didn't put them on. I and, got them put on. Nice, <laughs> very nice person put them on for you. But um, I had to take them off, which was an interesting experience. But we got that done. Um, and we got to Colorado. 
in my cute little house in cute little Loveland town, yeah. which is the most darling place ever. Right. Um, and, you know, we start moving my stuff in. And to skip the nonsense, basically what happened was I found out that day that my husband had gotten a girlfriend while I wasn't there. <laughs> Wait, that was the day that, that was you the moved first in? day. The first like three hours. Yeah, l- let uh, her repeat that. He got a girlfriend. Got a girlfriend in like three weeks, bro. He I, was he. She, you were gone for about six weeks because he had gone there earlier, be, like two or three weeks before school started. Yeah, that's right. And then you and you ended up being there away from him for about six weeks, which but, is nothing we hadn't done before because I have done deployments with him. Yeah, he was in the military, so that was sort of how life was. It doesn't matter if it's six weeks or six years. If you're married, you don't get to go get a girlfriend. He didn't get that explained to him at the... I thought the vows were pretty clear, but I think maybe he wasn't listening. I I know this is like kind of off topic a little bit, but how did you find out that he had a girlfriend? Okay, so it's very simple um we i've never been protective of my phone i don't think anyone in a relate in a trusting relationship in a faithful relationship is right um and we had never been weird about our phones and so his phone was charging in our bed new bedroom that i was unpacking my stuff in um and uh it dinged and i was like and it dinged a couple times i'm like oh someone's trying to get a hold of you so i went to go bring his phone to him and um and I look and it's like a, a number with no name and it says hey Will you send me a pic with a smiley face? And the next text said, and this time not a dick pic, please. No. No. <laughs> Ew. For all of those who don't know what a dick pic is. You're not going to explain that, are you? No. <laughs> okay, good. It needs no explanation. <laughs> please don't. It's what the kids are calling dirty pictures. So she was requesting a DP? No, she was requesting not. Not was, to. Like, yeah. enough's enough. Like, she's like, I want to see your face. So Ew. I... I called her. So you didn't right take away. the phone out to him. Well, he I was on my way. He was only in like the next room. Right. And I stopped and I go and I shut the door, sure. locked it, yeah. and called this girl. Who the poor girl. She did she know you existed? No. No. She was in the middle of German class. She thought her, she thought that her Jacqueline's husband was in a relationship yeah. with a girlfriend. Okay. And it wasn't working out. Okay. Yeah. So you call her and she thinks, oh, this dude who I am clearly having a relationship with is calling me. I better answer. Yeah. So, well, but her phone is going off in the middle of class. So her German teacher answers in German. No. So I'm think I'm thinking this girl is faking. Like, oh, I can't speak English. Right, right. <laughs> Which German's like a really impressive. <laughs> like trying to fake Spanish. Right. Yeah. It was like perfect German. But um, so I start cussing out. Is this on speakerphone in front of the whole class? Probably because it's the teacher who answers. Yes. I'm cussing her out. I didn't know. Well, I didn't know. No. So they hung up, obviously. Mm. And they're like, whoa, Mm. you got some stuff to deal with. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And then, you know, at the time, my husband had heard me and came running in and was like, no, 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 that's not, it's not, I don't even know who that is. And Mm, deny, deny, deny. Mm -hmm. Um, And he tried to get my phone, his phone back from me, which, by the way, my parents were paying for at the time. Mm. And so I said, "Um, yeah, right. Yeah. And I was like, you better get the F out of this house while I go through this whole phone. Because mm-hmm. I obviously would never do that, which I didn't even do it. I couldn't bring myself to it. My friend did for me because I was scared. <laughs> yeah, you kind of don't want to know what you don't know. Her friend at the time, I mean, I'm telling you right now, her friend 
And we can give a shout out to Parker. Parker. Love you, Parker. Parker she's was, she's she's older than Jacqueline, and she's like a big sister, and she literally oh my gosh. was my hero. She knew what was up. She, and she was my hero. She handled the situation. it, and she was awesome, and she, she took care of Jacqueline. Yeah, she extended her trip. Oh, it was yeah. she it, stayed with you out there in Colorado for a little for bit. a couple nights yeah, yeah. Okay. we got a hotel room okay yeah so let's just fast forward it, yeah. it, it didn't end well Sorry, I needed to know the, yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah, needed no. to know the drama the yeah juice, it, it the did, juicy bits it didn't end well for Jacqueline um, which we we made it I mean we made it work for another year and a half after oh, that did you really so oh I didn't realize it was that long. I yeah I mean my and my mom Hmm? She, this is why she wants me to fast forward she doesn't want me to say this well you can say it I'm gonna okay. <laughs> let's hear it but it was really truly probably like she said one of the hardest things she's had to tell me um because I always like she's the first person I called yes when I found this all out yeah and freaking out I'm like I got to come back home right now what have I done mm-hmm. I've left my career I left my family for this guy who's cheating on me I didn't I, you know the whole nine and she said i am so sorry and i don't want to say this but this is gonna be hard to hear but you need to stay there and figure it out this is your marriage you promise something and this is the for better for worse part this is the worst and and just so you know like i was trying to get to the bottom of what was going on exactly and i was trying to give him the benefit of the doubt because i i thought well what if you know, what if it's as innocent as he's making it sound like? Because right. he said, yeah, there was no. They said there was no physical. And, and and I told her, you know, everybody is gets a second chance. I'm trying to be, you know, I'm trying to be a mature adult. I, inside of me, I'm like ready to scream and mm-hmm. I want to go kill him. Oh, of course. <laughs> and, and at the time, it, we were having a family, real family issue. Mm-hmm. My husband's mother was diagnosed with brain cancer at the time and my Mm. husband was not at home he was with his mom um spending a few nights at their house and i couldn't call him who is my rock i couldn't call him and so she's trying to figure out what she's going to do next and we don't know and all i'm telling her is and and i really felt like you know i had something telling me you have to be stern with her right now Mm -hmm. You cannot, you have to teach her how to stand on her own two feet. That was the mom that was, that was what mom intuition was telling me, right? That you have to be able to do this. And truly, I mean, as hard as it was at the time, it was the best, the, it was the right thing to say. And for, it was the right thing to do because if I would have just turned around and come home or whatever it was and and not given my full effort for mm-hmm. that year and a half after that, mm-hmm. I wouldn't, I would have never known. Right. You so know, you were confronted face to face with the reality of it yeah. because you were there, you stayed. Yeah. And, and we, you know, tried to make it work and turns out we just don't get along. <laughs> Sometimes truly. it's just that simple. Um, and, and you have no respect for him well, because of how because he acted. Of that, yeah. It was just, it, you know that didn't help and I think he definitely struggled I know he definitely struggled with um some mental health as well mm-hmm. um but he turned to alcohol mostly mm-hmm. for that sure. um so that didn't help and and he needed to do to do a lot of growing and I needed to do a lot of growing and we just weren't growing together right it we were growing apart right um so yeah yeah and then after I 
And that's when I really kind of flipped a switch and started a kind of a self-discovery, quote unquote, journey. Mm. Um, As silly as that and cliche as that sounds, but I kind of let go of it. I wasn't going to turn back. It wasn't something that we, I mean, we, I would joke about it because you have to laugh about it or else it's haunts you. Um, But I mean, we didn't go back. I was never, I didn't hold a grudge. I didn't. Wow. bring it up i didn't i did hold it against him wow. i do um wow. i mean i do now <laughs> but yeah. in the moment i was like well if i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do this right i'm not just gonna like that's just silly right like that won't work mm-hmm. but yeah so um i kind of really started a self-reflection journey that i am now still on of course i mean i feel like everyone's always on it but yeah. um you think that helped your mental health that's how i yeah that's i mean that was the only way I could cope was to really it turn into myself, focus on myself and my work, mm-hmm. which so I worked a lot. I was working on a farm at the time, um, which is where I was like so I was so happy to be on a farm. Yeah. Um, and I really I really worked on myself from journaling to I had a great routine every day, like whether it be like work and work out and self-care and everything, I put myself first for the first time mm-hmm. in that art, relationship. Art was art, a really oh, yeah. good, good therapy for you. Art yeah. has always been a huge coping skill for me. Um, ever since I was with him and he started getting deployed, I didn't know what to do with myself. Right. And I was living at home and, um, you know, what do you do with all that time, you know, that your significant other you can't talk to mm-hmm. and you're all worried and anxious because you can't talk to them for six months at a time or whatever it's going to mm-hmm. be. Mm-hmm. Um, you're just writing letters. And so, yeah, art was definitely how I started coping. Mm-hmm. And um, that was a life changer. Um, but I did basically just like would put headphones in, kind of get in my zone. And I pulled out for the first night. I was like, what am I, what should I do? And I started going through our craft drawer that's in the hallway. That's mm-hmm. just was cluttered with stuff at the time it was amazing amazing no it's so organized Mm -hmm. um and i found some like crayola watercolors from just being a kid and watercolor paper and for the first time when i watched watercolors i was just messing around you know i just put water on the paper and just kind of started putting colors around and the way that they interacted with each other and the water and the paper made me so relaxed (laughs) And, like, eased my anxiety so much that I was like, oh, wait. You actually felt a shift in your anxiety? Oh, Oh my gosh. As soon And so as soon as I would come home from work, I would shower, put my PJs on, put my headphones in, and sit at the dining room table for a couple hours to, like, two to four hours and just kind of mess around. And that was, like I said, what was pretty Mm life-changing and kind of has brought me to where I am today still. Oh, I love that. And she still it. and she has artwork that she does sell on Etsy. Yeah. And oh, her <laughs> art's amazing. I mean it's it, amazing. it's it's really it's really kind of transformative and I've watched her grow with the art and also so her mood it kind of mm-hmm. fits her mood. Mm-hmm. And and you know, they have art therapy and things. It really is true. Art is a really even if you aren't super artistic, yeah, dealing with that medium. Mm. is really something therapeutic about it that's cool yeah i remember the moon that was it when you were at my house this last time that you were visiting and you're i was like i think i'm just gonna throw this one away and you're like why i like it and i was like this is one i did when i was angry and she looked at it she's like oh yeah i can see that now <laughs> really you can tell the there's a tone there's yeah. to the art there's oh, a tone yeah, yeah. so let, let's go let we we went through your younger years we got you through your 
adult years, your early adult years, and you're still in the mid-adult no, year. No, I'm not. You're still in the early adult I've years. I've crossed the bridge, everybody. <laughs> 26. 26. <Ooh>. My baby's <laughs> 26, which really makes me feel super young. Yeah. Um, but so now you, we, you've recently had some more challenges. Yeah. So um, to how I was saying before, it kind of has presented itself in a brand new way. Physically. Which is so fun, physically. Um, so it kind of started about a year and a half to two years ago, mm-hmm. um, but very minor. Um, and how I would, how it p- would present itself or what I think, because I don't know if it's all interacted. We're still trying to kind of figure this all out, but we've kind of come to a conclusion with um, the psychiatrists and specialists that have been helping me that what started as um, my hands and feet going numb um, transformed into, and not numb, I would say um, clenched and tight, like paralyzed though, like you can't move them. So like if you were to ball your fist up as tight as you possibly could and hold it there for 30 minutes, that's what would happen. It And did this happen like... Because Colorado's cold. Did the temperature <laughs> affect it in any way? No. That wasn't a... No. In okay. fact, yeah, I would try to put like either ice packs or heating pads on it just to like see what would ease yeah. it. And I was taking all the CBD in the world. Mm-hmm. I was trying everything. Um, Did it hurt? Dumb question. Oh my gosh. Really? Like one to 10, what was the pain level? Like 12. Like I, <gasps> I've never had a child, but I. this is the worst pain I've ever felt in my life. Oh my gosh. Okay. And so... That went from being just kind of, and I say minor because it would only happen every once in a while. So like once every couple weeks, it would happen for like a half hour and then it'd go away and I'd just move along with my day. Okay. Um, And then it started to get more frequent and to spread. So what happened was happening in my hands and feet started to go through up my arms, up my legs, up my neck to my face. So from head to toe, I was now paralyzed basically for 30 to 45 minutes on my bed with my whole body clenched and so like you know when you get like a charlie horse or like a like mm-hmm. calf cramp yep it's that so my calves do that <laughs> like it's, it gives, but it's your whole body it gives me the heebie-jeebies just when i flex my calves because it like reminds me of it but <sighs> yeah so it goes from my toes points completely straight like yeah just so straight um and then my legs completely straight clenched every muscle in my body is just locked and loaded and so that lasts for about 30 to 45 minutes and Uh. it started getting so frequent it was happening a few times a week (gasps) and the last time that it happened full body was when i was driving Mm -mm. which is like obviously my biggest fear but it had always just been conveniently happening at home yeah right (laughs) (laughs) that was nice of it um did you pull could you pull over so it happened it spread so freaking fast this time i was at a light and by the time i got across the crosswalk or the whatever the intersection inter- thank you yeah i know how to drive yeah um it was already i was already had no control of my vehicle basically and i was trying to use my like chest and elbows to steer my car because my hands are completely useless oh. um i almost crashed oh well yeah i'm <laughs> like, surprised you didn't it, like i almost crashed into one car and luckily it wasn't on a super busy street right um and i pulled like over enough right which i was still like four feet from the curb but at least i was out of the way right 
Um, so I almost hit a car and then I almost hit the curb and then like it was just wild. Um, so that was the day I was like, okay, this is not okay. Mm-mm. This is not okay. I've tried every supplement from Whole Foods you could possibly imagine, yeah. thinking I have like a vitamin deficiency. I've taken sure. blood tests, nothing. So I, yeah, um, my sweet boyfriend, Brandon, mm. picked me up. Shout out, Brandon. Oh my gosh. Thank, thank God for him. He's a lifesaver for like truly. And so he came and picked me up and took me to the ER, didn't go to work that day, spent the day with me in the ER. Um, and then we started going and seeing specialists again. <laughs> when you walk, I mean, this is neither here nor there because it, it doesn't matter what they said. But when you walked into the ER, were they like, oh, yeah, that's a blah, blah, blah. Did they have any clue what yeah. you were talking about? They yeah. did. Uh-huh. Oh, thank goodness. Once I described it to them, but they, so they what they called it was a type of what they called dystonia. So if you look up the definition of dystonia um, in specific prox. I've never heard of this, by I've the way. I've never heard of dystonia. Paroxymal dystonia. Because um, at first, like uh, my employer was thinking, is it neuropathy? Right. But it's not numbness. So that's oh, different. Yes. I, w- I, w- I wish it was numb. You wish it was numb for <laughs> sure. Yeah. I do. Um, but so they said paroxymal dystonia. And so when you look that up, it basically says, you know, uh, a disorder of the muscles um, that causes contractions um, or flexing of the muscles during an episode, you know, for extended periods of time, mm-hmm. extended minutes. And I looked up a video of some guy experiencing an episode and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not alone. It was you. It was you. It, I was watching myself, and I finally was like, okay, this is makes me feel good. Not yeah. that. Suffering, you, you'd like to have others suffer with you just because then yeah. you're not alone. Just yeah, I just want to bring is. them down with me <laughs> and keep well, them you know, there. No, no, no. When, when you were going through all the things that you were going through in high school, it was very dis, it was very disheartening for all of us because nobody else seemed to understand. Then this happens to her again, and I, I have to admit, I was like, I cannot believe this is going on. Mm. And of course, this time I'm, I'm not at home with you. Mm-hmm. She's um, not at home with me, and she's 26 years old. Right. She is an adult. Mm-hmm. And, you know, raising adult children, that's a whole other topic that we're going to be delving into <laughs> at a different podcast. Next but, week's episode. <laughs> <laughs> but raising adult children, you've got to find a place where you give your kids the ability to be adults and to really find their way um and so yeah when this started happening it was at first i got a little bit you know obviously freaked out and discouraged is mostly what it was i'm like seriously yeah we're doing this again or (laughs) we got something new yeah can i get a freaking break right right (laughs) i mean you go to the neurologist and you're waiting for the cat scan and you're just praying there's no brain tumor and in, in the back of my mind i'm thinking i don't think there's brain tumor I really didn't. I, I never was that worried about it. But you don't know. I was almost hoping that there was just so we had an answer to something. Right. But obviously, never would no. hope for that. But no. um, yeah, so I started going to, you know, I went and got a, just a regular doctor. And then I they sent me to, which all these doctors have been amazing. The healthcare in Colorado, amazing. Good to hear. Banner Health, amazing. Yeah. Um, and... They sent me to a neurologist, and then the neurologist did some tests. I got a CAT scan, and then they sent me to a neurologist specialist who specializes in movement disorders. Okay. Which I didn't even know was a thing. (laughs) Me neither. Wow. Yeah. You know. Thank goodness people go to med school. So what, okay, so then 
is are you tying this back to your mental health journey yeah so they basically said you know unfortunately there's no real treatment for this there's not a treatment because the cause of it for everyone that experiences any type of dystonia is so drastically different it can be anything from um you know a trauma that happened that's causing you know severe um anxiety and, and depression that's gone untreated um it can happen from you know allergies what like being like severe allergies it can have there's a list of like 30 different things it can be from it could be genetic it can be from you know you know vitamin deficiencies so they just Lyme don't di- like know. Lyme disease like and, all this oh weird and the, and, the, <laughs> and the severity is the severity is just off the charts as well it can yeah. be really really simple and just kind of a like just a like almost like something that just is annoying yeah. to very very painful and actually stops you in your tracks like this yeah talk about john and and working yeah. with john a little bit so i've been very fortunate um my family has been working with a what do we call him a psychotherapist well we don't call him a psychotherapist we sometimes refer to him as yoda mm. uh yeah um we we started working with him um because we have a family business. This isn't actually my day job. I know it's hard to believe. Really hard to believe. I have I have a real job during the day. You should quit. <laughs> I've been trying to quit time. for a long time. She's like, trust me. I've, I've tried. I've quit. I actually have quit several times. But they keep pulling you they back. Keep pulling the boss back. keeps pulling her back. It's like he knows that where boss. she sleeps or something. Right. <laughs> but I am the boss, which is actually the ironic part of that whole thing. Um, I'm the one that owns the business. But um, we have a family business. And in order to have a family business with a succession plan we employed a, a somebody an executive coach he happens to be a psychotherapist as well and one of the things that we asked him to do was to work with Jacqueline um, in in all of this process not just the the four of us so Jacqueline was included because she was like the odd man out and we just wanted her to be part of the journey with us mm-hmm. what we didn't know was it was going to help in this way and so yeah because I, I don't think I I thought it was so minor for so long i didn't i never brought it up to anybody i, I didn't like, know anything about no it. like i it, and it but it got bad so quick that it was like all of a sudden i'm like i'm in the hospital um <laughs> right i don't know what to do right it became deaf i can't four. go to work for like three weeks now because i the doctor told me i can't drive and i'm on well, seizure yeah. meds now oh by the way God. Are you still on seizure meds? Oh, no, thank gosh. You know, I my heart goes out to anybody out there that's on seizure meds no. because that was no joke. It's no joke. And it, w- and it did help at the time kind of get it back down to bay because mm. my muscles had been, it had happened like every day for like five days in a row. No. Um, and so I was so sore. <laughs> yeah. They're like. But the seizure meds kind of put a halt to it real quick. Yeah. yeah. And then you were able to wean yourself off that and you're no longer on seizure yeah they took me off that because the the side effects were just too sure and for it not to be what i needed technically right it was just silly um so anyways i started working with john um who i work with him over the phone um and due to covid (laughs) due to covid it's a beautiful thing really everything's been to be well but to be able to get yeah in with someone who you can just spill your guts to and and can help you over over the phone yeah so great and he's different in the way that you you do i guess spill your guts but it's more so it's not like a therapy typical therapy session okay so he's working with me like um with bilateral tapping which is you know 
at EMDR. Yeah, EMDR and um, different exercises, um, breathing exercises. What else? Just he's, he's giving you tools to cope with what you're dealing with. So he believed from the beginning when I started to tell him about this, he believed that it was all stemming back to my untreated depression and very severe anxiety. And I kind of was like, she was not happy with that. you. Really? Yeah. Because I'm like, well, then now what? This would, this just happened though. Isn't that what you're saying? Mm-hmm. During COVID. So here we well, are. Like, yeah. Yeah. But it started about a year and a half ago. Okay, but the severity but happened. His, but but John's saying, confronting you with, you mm-hmm. know what, this is anxiety and depression. That's just been within like six months. Yeah. Okay. And he's like, yeah. So he was saying um, that, you know, we need to work on your, these tools and we need to get you on a routine and get you sleeping normal again and your diet and exercise so that we get your, and we need to get you on meds. Ooh, what did, so what did you think about that? And, and, and just fan. backwards, we had been on meds when she was in high school a little bit, and the side effects are so bad. Mm. So, I mean, the side effects are hard, especially when you're going through like, puberty. puberty oh, your hormones are all over the place. Yeah. Right. And you can't adjust. You can't self-adjust. No. You know. And your self-realization at the time isn't keen enough yeah because you're a you're a teenager and mm. you just want to be done with this and yeah. get on to the next thing which is to have fun and be with your friends yeah. and that's not possible when you're on medication a lot of times yeah it for changes sure. your personality also mm-hmm. for sure. and you know a lot of times you don't want your personality changed you don't even know who you are yet and it's pretty scary yeah. It's scary. scary. It gave it's, me like one pimple and I was like, I'm out. Right. <laughs> this side effect is Get awful. This. She gained five pounds and she's like, nope, can't yep. do it. I can't do it. It's so true it. though. I get it. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah. So now we're, um, he said that and it made my heart sink to the floor. I sure. felt like it, my heart fell out of my butt and I was like, no, this, there's got to be another way. She was angry at him too for saying that. I was so that. mad. Mm. I was so mad at him. Yeah. Um. And so, but I did some self-reflection and you know him and I talked a lot more about it in the next coming weeks and we came down to the decision that I was going to find a psychiatrist and get on meds and also be working with my medical doctors and neurologists and everything obviously Mm -hmm. um but also be doing the mental part of it side by side and actually my neurologist the movement specialist he was like knowing about your history with mental health this is one of the triggers like in the, where it says traumas. Yeah. He goes, this is one of the triggers. I've seen it a lot. So he wasn't even surprised and that made me feel really good. And yeah. so I kind of had to apologize to poor John. Well, he's probably but used to it. He's fine. Yeah. He's fine. No one wants to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's quite shocking when you, it's like when you get a car and then all of a sudden you see that car everywhere. Um, when I finally kind of have started this time around realizing really what's going on, um, and looking around and seeing how many people are dealing with stuff that a lot of it is stemming from some mental health that's not getting addressed. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, that can be because maybe people don't know yeah. or maybe they don't want to get the help or they feel like they can't get the help. Or sometimes you come from a family where it's not talked it's about. Not acceptable. Yeah. 
Um, which fortunately that's not the case here. But you said yourself, when John told you this is anxiety and depression, you were mad. I was so mad. So people don't want to hear that. No. I don't think. Well, the first thing I said was, well, if she can't deal with anxiety and anxiety, then she's not going to be able to function in this world. Yeah, my mom's like, well, she can't just not have any stress in her life. That doesn't make any sense. Because, well, well, that's true. Which is so true. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it just didn't, it, it just isn't realistic. Yeah. So you have to deal with the anxiety as it comes. Yeah, so John and I, he is, I mean, pretty. it's pretty amazing. I, I'm on medication. I'm on a, Can I ask what you're on? Yeah, I'm, I, I was on two. I was on trazodone at night, which is an antidepressant um, with... Um, like a sleep aid? Like a sedative in it. Okay. And which I'm off of that now because it was crazy. Too much sleep? Yeah, too much sleep and crazy dreams. Oof, okay. And then I'm also on, in the morning, I take a... 20 milligrams of Prozac. Okay. So an SSRI. So serotonin, synapse. Yeah. So re intake something. <laughs> Google it. I don't know. <laughs> so you're, so are you just now on the Prozac or? Yeah. What? Okay. Mm-hmm. Just that. Mm-hmm. What have you noted? And I don't know if 20 milligrams is a small amount. It doesn't seem that. It's this like a, it's a small amount. Um, they're they're upping it this week actually to forty. They're doubling it. Okay. Did you feel it though? Like take sort of the edge off? No, it's weird. So John was saying, which I had heard this before when I was taking them when I was younger. But mm-hmm. you know, they say, um, people, other people will notice a difference before you. What does that mean? What because you mean? you'll still feel like he basically said. So that, for example, I'll be like, oh, how are you feeling today? And you'll be like, I feel like shit. And I can see that you don't. Mm. I can see all the things you've been accomplishing throughout the week when before you weren't accomplishing anything. Because anybody out there with debilitating depression knows it's some sometimes it's just enough to, mm. to get out of bed and take a shower. Right. It's and that's all you can do. Right. And I wasn't doing any of my artwork. I wasn't exercising. I wasn't going on hikes, which is like my favorite thing to do in Colorado. Mm-hmm. I wasn't hanging out with my friends. Um, and I wasn't sleeping. And so he was like, all of a sudden, you're going to realize you started to do those things again. But you'll still, in your mind, be like, oh, I feel like shit. Yeah. But then, so that's like at the three-month mark. Okay. And then three months after that, you're going to know. What point are you at right now? Right, how many months? Two months. Okay. Two months. But you, I have seen you be doing art. Yeah. And I know you're hiking. Yeah. So there is a difference. It is. It's it, within a cup, a few weeks I could because him and I talk so often we were self-reflecting on it, and he's helping me recognize that there is a change happening even mm-hmm. though you kind of still feel your ups and downs and well yes of course all that which everyone feels right um but sometimes when you're getting your body's getting used to medications it exacerbates those feelings yeah. and so yeah you got to give it time which seems so silly you're like okay so I'm gonna feel more depressed yeah. and more anxious probably for the first three weeks and that's what they tell you. And you just have to know that that's it's the meds. It's all good. It's mm-hmm. going to be gone soon. You just have to be okay with it not being okay for them. Right. That short time. Right. And you have to be diligent about knowing what's going to help you and what's not. Like I was making sure that she really understands that she needs to be in communication with her psychiatrist. You know, mm-hmm. you're not bugging them by saying, hey, I, I can't function on this. Or right. It's yeah. not for me. I need to change. Right. And so you got to make it happen. Right. That's their job. They live for you to go in there and ask them things yeah. about that. So. So, so Jacqueline, if you had any advice for somebody, a young 
woman going through these feelings of anxiety, she might not even know she has anxiety. She's right. just not feeling just struggling. Right. Yeah. Like she's having these issues. What would the one thing you would want to tell her to do? Or is there any advice that you can think of? I would say, I mean, there's so many things, but to narrow it down, I would say first and foremost, even if you don't think or want to think that you have some sort of mental health issue, whatever you are going to call it. Um, my guy, John, always says it's not a character flaw. This no. is a biochemistry flaw. This is a neurochemistry flaw. This is nothing to do with your personality. Ugh. It's not a character or personality flaw whatsoever. Yeah. So just know that there's no shame around that because it's it's a hard pill to swallow quite literally. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but I would say talking to someone, anyone that's not just your friends or family mm-hmm. that is in um, any kind of mental health uh, professional. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, to just reach out, even if it's just once, just to see. And also I would say the biggest thing I would tell my younger self and to anybody out there younger that's struggling with this, whether they know it or not, you got to give yourself grace. Mm -hmm. You have to learn how to give yourself grace and take that type A personality off. Know that some days you're not going to get X, Y, Z complete. You're just going to get A done. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. Guess what? The world's not, didn't fall apart Mm -mm. because you didn't do a couple things that you thought you had to do or whatever it is or if you know you feel like some days you can't get out of bed and all you can do is shower and take a walk and make yourself dinner hey I have done that so many times and I am not saying to be lazy but give yourself the grace on the days that you need the grace because nobody else is responsible for giving it to you except for yourself so if you're constantly borrowing the worry and not giving yourself that grace you will never have that time to be able to be self-reflective of what's happening. You'll just be caught up in this da 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 and then you never, you'll never feel it for real. So every, every episode, we ask our guests, and we even talk to ourselves about this, but, you know, we're two average girls, which is tag for short, and we have a tagline that we ask every guest to give to us and it's something it's it's a takeaway gift that the audience can also maybe learn from and it might be something it might be a phrase it might be a a thought it could be a quote it might be something you live by or a mantra is there one thing that you would say is your tag for us I I, I'm looking at Jacqueline's face and I feel as though she's struggling to find a a tag so I'm gonna (laughs) how could you well it's just a just a hunch. I'm gonna I'm gonna say what I think my tag for Jacqueline should be. I'm gonna give her a tag. Oh, okay. I can do hard things. My mom has sent me that in a text many of times. Mm-hmm. It's true. Just hearing the whole. I mean, I I've known you for a long time, but just you must be so proud as her mom. She's just I like am. an open book. That helps people. That. To make that okay to say, I acknowledge my mental health journey and this is what we're doing, that's that's what everyone needs because everyone struggles. Get out of your own head and go talk to somebody that doesn't have your voice. Just 
right. you know, have or some, your DNA <laughs> or your same best friend group. Like, yeah, no, someone who actually knows how to handle this kind of stuff. And it's hard, but you can do hard things and you've proven that you can. Thank you. Okay. I found my tag. Okay. Okay. So it's just going to be the very ending line of this beautiful poem that, um, my guy John showed me. It's called The Summer Day by Mary Oliver. She's got some amazing work. Um, but it says, Now tell me, what is it that you plan to do with your one wild and precious life? Mm. What is it that you plan on doing with your one precious and wild, wild and life. precious life. life? I like it. Because it should be. It should be wild and fun. And it, it it's fleeting and it's precious and... I mean, you can get caught up talking about your anxiety or feeling it in depression forever if you want to. But if you kind of just take a step back and just think, what do I want to do with, it should be a wild and precious life. What do I want to do with that? How do I make it that way? Mm-hmm. And every day I think of that. I love it. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Jack. <laughs> Thanks for sitting down with us. We well, appreciate it so much. thank you for yeah. having me, mm-hmm. my little two besties <laughs> Jacqueline has been an inspiration to me because when we talked about doing this years ago mm-hmm. um, Jacqueline and I both listen to a lot of podcasts oh, but yeah. Jacqueline's been one of our biggest cheerleaders she is she's so, a cheerleader for all, all hey us, so. I mean yeah she's I mean <laughs> they yeah I mean as long as just have fun you know that's right that's what we're trying to do we are two average, two average girls. girls thanks for listening and don't forget to rate review and subscribe Thank you.